show starts in 
and we don't need to start road construction right now, right? Every 30 miles in, in Indiana and Kentucky, every, every 30 in Kentucky, every 15 in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the beauty of it. Most of the Indiana ones say left lane closed 9 a.m. It's 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. So I'm right outside of Indianapolis at 622 Eastern. The dumb, whoever was had sign, blinking sign duty up, a, you know, uh, left the damn thing on. And so there's a traffic jam when there's no reason to be a traffic jam because everybody's trying to merge to the right. And the left lane's perfectly fine. There's not, the crew's gone. They're at Waffle House, man. Uh, but it, it's good to be back, see my dog. You know, that's, and of course, my, my fiance's at work. So I would have liked to seen her too, obviously, and the boys, but they're at school and work. So uh, good to see Red. He's right here at my feet, following me around because he misses me. Um, and uh, good to be back here uh, before I get on a plane Wednesday night to go to Charlotte. So there we go. I was about to say, right back to the Carolinas for you, middle of next week, uh, the Gamecocks and the Tar Heels coming up next Saturday night in Charlotte. And remember, uh, looking forward to seeing all of you at uh, around 2.30 or thereafter in outside of Bank of America Stadium at the pregame party. party it's going to be a ton of fun and uh, looking forward late next week, JC, to, I guess, probably uh, be able to add some additional details to – what type of fun we'll be having there uh, before the ball game. So there's going to be a nice surprise for everybody. Yeah, I'd I'd say so. I'd say so. Uh, This is not surprising. Perry Orth joining us. He will do so each week throughout football season for the Gamecocks. And uh, he's somewhere on the road, much like JC was. You're not traveling to Chicago as well, are you, Perry? No, I apologize. I thought I'd make it back in time. I'll be pulling into my house here in about five minutes. I uh, had a meeting oh. run late this morning down in uh, North Augusta. So oh. we uh, just making making my way back to the city of dreams. Be pulling in here in a minute. Well, you certainly could have just waited. Do you want to call us back when you get home? You can. It's all good, man. I'm already on. We may as well just knock it out, convert to my AirPods, and we'll be rolling. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Perry, you were quarterback with the Gamecocks, and um, so we rely on you to try to explain to us what we're what we're hearing week in and week out. Yesterday, Dow Loggins had a chance to meet with the media. We're we're getting to know him better and better as the season gets closer. And uh, one of his uh, one of his comments that he made was, "quote We put an awful lot on his plate, as much as any quarterback." I've ever coached in 17 years in the NFL. He's got a lot of responsibility at the line of scrimmage. So what does that tell you about Spencer Rattler? He's an experienced player that understands football, and I can assure you just based off of my knowledge of how Dowell has done things in the past, um, he's not going to overwhelm the quarterback. So that means Spencer must be – grasping it pretty pretty well um and what he means by the line of scrimmage obviously it's pass protection number one um number two is i'm I'm sure they're getting into run game checks right so if you have you know you're playing a four down team you know they may have a check to run to the shade or to run to the three right you're gonna run inside zone to the shade or you're gonna run power to the three right different uh, that just random example not necessarily specifically what Carolina's going to do, but 
different things like that, right? Trying to really put Spencer in control of getting this offense into the right play as many times as possible pre-snap. Now, obviously, two-minute drill late in the game, probably not going to do that, but you know, early in the game and middle of the game and coming out of half, you're going to you're going to want to give your quarterback the autonomy to get into the plays that that best puts the team in a chance to to make the big play. Um, I think it's a great strategy if if and only if the quarterback can handle it mentally. Um, if they can't, sure, uh, it becomes a giant cluster and your offense is worse off. But if he can handle it then your offense will be better off. And that's what they do at the next level. You're all right. The NFL, they're heavy into run checks, pass protection checks, uh, different play changes, audibles, at the line of scrimmage. If he's putting that equivalent responsibility that he would have done somebody like a Jay Cutler, as he's doing with Spencer Rattler, that means he's probably grasping it pretty well and has a really good understanding of, of what uh, what they're trying to accomplish, which is ultimately to put, you know, to put points on the scoreboard, but, you know, run their offense in a position to where it'll be efficient, which is what any coordinator and quarterback would want. Yeah, I, I think that, um, well, I think obviously what you said is spot on, but regardless, regardless of that, uh, Perry, there's probably a section of the fan base that hears this conversation now or maybe heard what Dowell said yesterday and thinks, uh, even though these things are different, but thinks, well, hold on now. Wait a second. Last year, you know, they, 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 were, they were throwing a lot at, at Spencer Rattler and this quarterback room and this offense, and boy, what a disaster that was. But, uh, Perry, I guess what we've learned to understand is a couple of things here. There's a difference in having a responsibility of something you do understand versus something you don't understand. That's number one. And then number two, uh, they also, the quarterbacks collectively, not just Spencer Rattler, but that room has the autonomy to say, I don't like it. I'm not any good at making this throw. I don't want it in the playbook. And Dow Loggins will step in and say, no problem. We'll get rid of it and do something else. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's the, the biggest thing. Um, is is giving your quarterback um, the best opportunity to get the ball where it needs to go, um, and if uh, you know if if kind of goes back to what I just said, honestly, man. It if if Spencer couldn't handle it, they wouldn't do it. You know, and I know last year was um, you know the the heart heartburn everybody said was we were so complicated we had 30 billion formations in the Florida game and we changed it and simplified it to six the next week and we scored all these points which I get I, I do understand that and it that is a actually a really smart strategy I think when um, you know when he said that I'm hopeful that he meant we're not just throwing the entire playbook at the entire offense right there's a difference between, your quarterback understanding it and requiring the other 10 on the field to get it. And if Spencer can get into, you know, GA Mangus used to talk about this all the time. He used to talk about, you want to have a cheat sheet, right? As a quarterback, you want to have based off of these formations, these are two or three plays that I know if I'm in a pinch or the play that I have in my head or the play that's called, and we're going out to, to run that play. 
I have two or three plays that I can quickly audible and get into a play that's favorable for the defense that I'm facing, right? Whether it be run or pass. So giving that authority to Spencer, that that's high level. That's that's next level quarterbacking, right? That's not, you know, some I know some colleges they they give a formation and a number and they run a play, right? That that's to keep things super simple. Now, um, it doesn't sound like we're doing that, but again, if the quarterback can handle it and get the guys in the right position and they communicate and practice it well, there's no reason to believe that they can't excel at what they're doing as long as it's being taught in a way that the kids are understanding it and grasping it and then able to ultimately execute it perry uh the responsibility that that's a i love that word when it comes to being a good quarterback um to be able to step up to the line of scrimmage is there something that comes i mean this is going to sound like kind of a crazy dumb question but uh I, I, maybe it isn't is there is are you learning a de- the defense first? Are you learning defenses first, what what looks you're getting and things like that? Or is it about learning your playbook first? Do those two, two coincide? I mean, how would you how would you kind of work your way through that? Well, I think you have to understand, you know, it's like like going to war. Like, yeah, you might have your army ready to go, but you better know your opponent as well, right? So um we were always taught if you don't know defense, you don't know offense. You have to know what they're doing in order to succeed at what you're wanting to do. So at this level and at this point, especially in game prep week, you have to know what your opponent is doing. Then you can ultimately scheme and game plan saying, I like this matchup here. I like this zone coverage here. I like, like for instance, you know, the now as the, the coach in me speaks, you know, game planning for our game tomorrow night, I'm looking at a few favorable formations and the, the the coverages that they give me on those formations make me want to stay in that formation and run these three pass plays or these four run plays because the looks they're giving are favorable for those calls. So the offense coordinator is going to do the exact same thing. You know, Coach Dowell is going to do the exact same thing. Then his job is to get Spencer to do the same thing. They get together. They put a plan that is like-minded and then they ultimately execute that and their job is to now teach that to the remainder of the offense and then in practice you rep those plays and you see what doesn't work see what does work you whittle that down you take a big list on monday and each day you slowly cut it down trim it up trim it up so that come saturday you've got your pass your run that you're like i feel really good about this plan that if they give us what they have shown other teams do now in college you get a ton more tape than you do in high school but I like this plan that we have seen this team run for eight or nine games right now if they change it up you got to be able to adapt and that's the beautiful thing about football but making sure your play caller and your quarterback are on the same page mentally about like what are we trying to accomplish and why are we calling the plays that we're calling you're gonna see a lot uh, better success from your quarterback and then ultimately the other pieces around him when y'all are on the same page. If that makes sense. Perfect sense. Perry, how good was was oh, yeah. Steve Spurrier at, uh, at, at knowing I, – I, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't – at knowing the fronts and, and that, or was he more of like – I'm always fascinated by this. Uh, or was he more of a guy that could just say, oh, they're in cover two, cover three, whatever – um, how, how was how did his mind work 
because uh, it is one of the more unique ones that he is very was very successful at uh, knowing yeah, knowing what what to call against what. I'd say this all the time, and I know I've said it on Jamie's show when he was down in Charleston a bunch. What made Coach Spurrier so great is what I tried to do myself, and I'm it's a work in progress. And nobody was as good as Spurrier was. And just a side note, I don't know if you guys have watched. Swamp Kings. That's what made me think about it. That, that drive against Florida in 06. What, what is just incredible to see a coach of the caliber of Urban Meyer and Spurrier just living rent-free in his head. Him just constantly staring across the field looking at that visor. and He just could not get on his game. And all he thought about was the visor and how much the Florida fans wanted Spurrier back on their sideline, right? Well, what made Spurrier, that's just a, a quick tout on how good he was and how how big of an ego, not an ego in a good sense, and how, how much weight that he carried just simply coaching against him. Like even guys of Urban Meyer were kind of mentally shook having to go against him. But what's, what made Coach Spurrier really good from a play calling in a coverage identification standpoint is he would basically make defensive coordinators tip their hand knowing they were going to tip their hand and he would make he would move pieces around whether it be with motion or different formation for guys to show their hand right so he would line up and we would come up with the weirdest formations because he was like okay if I do this and I move him here they're going to be in this coverage and if they're in this coverage I can call this play and he would set it up he would have the play in his back of his mind like okay if I get the ball on the 45-yard line here on play three of this drive, I'm calling this play. And he, sure enough, wow. we'd get there, he'd move into it, he'd see it, and he'd hit. And that was how his brain worked. And you just sat there like – I remember in the few games I played of him calling plays, and you know, you'd have a couple normal plays, just kind of your basic generic stuff, and then he'd call it. I'd line up under center, and I'd look at the defense and be like, how the hell did he see that? <laughs> right? Hey, it, it was just – it, it was it was just uh, it was a thing of beauty, and obviously, you know, he's Hall of Fame for a reason because he could do that, um, and that's what made him so dynamic. Is that our plays weren't we didn't have crazy route combinations, we didn't have you know crazy names, crazy long names. We would have some weird formations, but his goal was to basically move pieces around to make the defensive coordinator say like, okay, well, if they're going to do this, I have to do this. And when they go to that, right, that cover four, that cover three, he knew they were going to do that and he'd call a play to beat it. And it was just like, damn, that is fire. <laughs> that's why – and that's too, That's a great point, Pierre, because I remember when he finally locked up the scrimmages after year six. He did it because there was video out on the internet – and he didn't mention the plays because his playbook's on the internet. You got Mills and, yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, it was he, he, yeah. he got mad, and I remember his voice going, they saw our shifts. That's what he was mad about. They saw our shifts. Yep. And that's a, that's a, I, I, that, that actually, I learned, I learned something from you there, man. That's, that's amazing. I, 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 yeah. I, I didn't know that that was it, kind of the straw that stirred the drink. Yeah, and that was, I mean, that's what it is. It's matchups, and, and ultimately, you know, what I liked about his offensive strategy is what I try to tell my high school kids is that I don't, and he never called plays, and he wasn't like, okay, we have um, 
just for my time at South Carolina. Okay, we have Pharaoh Cooper. Now, he moved Pharaoh around to get the ball because he loved Pharaoh, so that was a bad example. But previously, right, somebody like a Shaq Rowland or a Bruce Ellington, like there wasn't like, okay, we have to get 23 the ball um, you know, 10 times today. It was what is the defense giving us and how do we go through and execute um, plays that beat what they're giving us. Not necessarily I have to get him the ball or I have to get him the ball. It was this is what we're doing and this is, you know, if you get the ball this week, great, go make a play. If not, shut up because the next week you're probably getting the ball, right, based off of the different things that, um, you know, that the defense will give us. Then, you know, ultimately, then if he felt that there was a specific matchup issue then he would move guys around into different places. Then he would move Pharaoh from inside to outside or back or whatever, right? So um, he just saw it was just kind of like, you know, the mad magician, you know, scientist. He'd go in his office, shut the door, and come out, and you'd be like, how the hell did he think of this, right? But he'd see little tweaks on film where he said, okay, well, there. if I'm in two-by-two, two, then I move my tight end from here to here, and then maybe move him off the ball and motion him here based off of that play. And he was he was huge on stealing plays from other teams. Like, if that worked against them, why wouldn't it work for us? He would just dress it up maybe a teeny different so it wouldn't be so glaringly obvious. But <laughs> And the other thing, too, not, not to make this the, the Steve Spurrier show, um, but he was masterful at what he did, is he would literally call the same play over and over and over and over and just the exact same way. And you'd be like, well, I guess they're not going to defend it. So we'll just keep calling it. Like, <laughs> I've never seen anything. I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was truly, it was awesome to, uh, to be able to not only be a part of it, but to go out and be a part and play a part in the plays that he was calling. It just obviously uh, now it, what it does for me as a young coach, it just it wonders being able to be under that, that guy's influence. It's kind of funny that Urban Meyer, the, the Florida Gators, so far the star is, is even at a non-speaking part is Steve Spurrier. So, do do you think? Perry, oh yeah, that, I haven't that, even seen the the fourth episode, but you know it's coming. Do do you think that uh, what you just explained is one of the reasons why he was so hard on y'all as like as quarterbacks, like because it was it just seemed so easy to him. Like, well, this guy. He's going to be open, yeah. just throwing the ball, you know? And Yeah, that's right. You think that's why he was? Yeah. I do, yeah. Well, I mean, he, 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 you know, he had years of experience over us. And the other thing is that his mind worked so fast and he could process information so quickly and so efficiently that it was like, if you don't keep up to speed with him, he got very frustrated, right? Whether it was you as the quarterback and assistant coach, whatever. You know, and I, I can vividly remember we would have really successful plays, but in his mind, he would call the play and he would all he would do is he would look out to the the spot on the field where he wanted in his mind the ball was supposed to hit. Right. So if the ball didn't hit to where his eyes were, he would get confused and then get frustrated, even for a split second, where he'd be like, Well, why didn't you go there? And it's like, Okay, well they did this. He's like, Okay, okay, fine, next play, next play kind of thing and just shrug it off right but then if heaven forbid his eyes were on the spot and it was open and the ball didn't get put there 
that was when it just unglued, right? Who's and then it, it went from quarterback's fault to then if you got sacked, you know, then it was offensive line. Then he'd hit him with the famous line, "You guys just don't give a shit." And it, it just he he just fantastic. It just just what a I mean, what an amazing guy to play for. And just I would have loved I would have loved to GA under him to be a part of his coaches' meetings just to hear his commentary on players and what they do and different coaches. And, you know, one of the, I, one of the best stories that I always forget to tell, I can't remember what game it was, but we didn't block very well. And, uh, you know, he kept rewinding a certain play of one of the offensive linemen screwing up and he'd pause it and look at coach Elliott and be like, coach Elliott, you teach your guys to do that. Just, <laughs> Unbelievable after them continuously messing up. And he'd look at Coach Elliott and say, you teach them that? Just incredible. Incredible content. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he could get away with it. There's not there's not a lot of coaches that can get away with stuff like well, what that. Do you, yeah, you know? what, are you, what are you going to say to him? I mean, what are you no, going to say? Nothing. Hey, you don't know what you're talking about? You want a Heisman? Coach the Heisman won a national title, six SEC title? I mean. Well, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not <laughs> their fault. It's our fault for playing. It's, 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 it's yeah, oh yeah, that, that, you shouldn't even be that, here. That was the coin. That was the coin. The coin. No, that's my fault. Shouldn't put you in. Yeah. There was yeah. a, when he first got here. There were a lot of players that weren't really. I remember poor Robert Pavlicek. He called him Pavlovich, and uh, he had a bad game at tight end. And, and Walk on ended up taking his job. It actually did pretty well toward the end. Uh, Tra- not not Rod Trafford, but somebody at Stafford, something like that. Anyway, they asked him about Pavl- Pavlovich after the game. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I think we're just going to let him rest the next couple of weeks. He, he needs some rest. We're just going to let him rest the next couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, he, he said man. that about a lot of guys, you know, that, that they got there because there were just a lot of players that just weren't. I mean, he had to patch a lot of holes and stuff. Hey, shoot, yeah. I think I think we're just going to let him rest. Uh, I think he said that about Germander Thin too. After Thin had a uh, interesting first start at left tackle in those. Yeah, he uh, he just Germander. And then going back to that documentary, just like listening mm-hmm. to Urban Meyer talk about him. And I mean, you look at even what year was that? I think it was '08. They ended up where they won the national title. And they were up here at Williams Bryce. And I mean, it was a dogfight. You know, Garcia at quarterback. And um, I think the final score was like 24 to 17 or something like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, he just, he just had a way of coming up with things for big games and motivating the kids to be ready for big plays. But, you know, you do take on the form of your head coach. And when your head coach is one of the yeah. more confident ones out there, you're going to tend to fall in line with that. So. Perry, uh, Dowell, uh, not to – I mean, I could do Spurrier stories all day. Just oh, yeah. FYI, no, yeah. but, That's my fault. It was on but, my mind. Oh, no, documentary, no. The documentary. I watched it the other day. So. No, you can't ever go wrong with yeah, – no, no, no. Don't, don't yeah. apologize for anything. Um, uh, Dowell mentioned yesterday I – because mean, you're an offensive coordinator now, you know, calling the plays out, out there at Cardinal Newman. And um, – he playing for Steve. He called the plays from the sidelines and things like that. Dow said he's probably going to be in the press box. That's the plan now. As a quarterback, or really anybody, you know, on offense. But let's just talk about it from a quarterback's perspective here. Is there? Do you prefer one way or another? Is there a difference? I mean, you can speak about it from both angles now because you've done. Yeah. Both. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't go in the box myself. I like to gauge the temperature of the guys. Now, maybe if I was in college, I'd do it differently just because high school defenses are not nearly as complex as they are in college. But, um, you know, I, I don't really – I didn't have a preference um, because you could just go over to the sideline and grab a headset and talk to them. Um, it really is a preference of the, the coordinator, right, if they feel like they need to be in the box to get, you know, a bird's eye view and not be – you know, distracted with the hustle, you know, the hustle and bustle of the sideline and the emotions of it. And you're strictly focusing on, you know, next play, here's the play at hand. Um, and then ultimately it's what he's used to, you know, if Dowell spent his career calling plays from the, from the booth in the, uh, in the NFL, then he needs to stay there. And, and uh, I'm excited to see what it looks like, but from a, as far as a preferring one over the other, there's not necessarily I mean, hell, as a quarterback, you probably prefer him being in the booth. So if you screw up, you're not getting your ass ripped when he's right in front of your ear, right? You just get it on the phone and kind of pretend like, you know, it's like getting chewed out by your dad in high school. You're just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, put your head over to the side and just take it kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. I, I don't know how much chewing Dowell does. He he seems – I don't know. I'm sure he has some, some of that in him somewhere. But, yeah. um, you know – being an NFL guy, I would imagine dealing with NFL quarterbacks and, and, and NFL players versus college guys, a little bit different. But uh, yeah, I guess there's, we'll see. there's going to be times where you get emotional um, and, and, you know, raise your tone and dig into them a little bit. But you're typically not doing that over, you know, certainly not physical mistakes. Maybe like, come on, man, lock in, you know, make that throw kind of thing. But not you're not going to scream at your redshirt senior quarterback because he overthrew an out route that's just not you there's nothing positive that comes from that now if they're kind of lackluster and they just kind of seem like they're in outer space and you got to dig into them to kind of wake them up that's different but you know or maybe he he saw one thing I think that just speaking from my perspective and I've only met Dal a handful of times he seems like just an amazing guy um you know he he's going to want to know the reasons of why you did what you did and not just yell because he's angry about the outcome that's a great point and there's a lot to that all right perry we'll let you uh let you get out of here on this uh just kind of give us an idea if you can uh, i mean i know you didn't play for shane and everybody does it a little bit different but generally speaking yep. where they are in camp he, he mentioned they're kind of uh replicating what next week is going to look like as far as a game week goes but uh, you know they're pretty much done with with all the stuff, the install and this, that, and the other, right? Haven't oh, yeah. they kind of just turned their attention to watching game film and getting prepared? Oh, yeah, yeah. Typically in my four years, whether it was Coach Spurrier or Coach Muschamp, you know, the, uh, they start class today. And uh, typically right. the first day of class, you're off of practice. So you can get your books and your class schedule and kind of get in routine and all that good stuff. Um, but, yeah, they're 100% on – um, game prep for North Carolina now. They've probably been that way since the weekend. So um, they're watching film. They're doing scouts and plays on air and team cards and really um, probably finalizing game plan as we speak. Um, the coaches are probably meeting right now, um, nailing down, okay, this is what we are trying to accomplish. These are the plays. These are the formations. This is what we like going into the game um, next Saturday. And now we've got you know, eight days to rep it, and, uh, you know, we got three hours to go and execute it. So let's go do it. Next week we'll be able to talk about the game, Perry. 
the actual football yeah. game. You've uh, you've been in that ballpark Crazy. plenty, and uh, certainly certainly looking forward to it. I, I'm sure you'll be going to that ballpark a lot this fall with Hayden uh, playing up there now. So. Yeah, I was just talking to Hayden about getting up to a game, and my wife and I got to nail down nail down a date. Uh, we're expecting a baby girl on Christmas Day, ironically. What? Um, on yeah. Christmas Day? Yep. Yep, Christmas Day. So Whoa. We, uh, yeah, we got to figure out. Good for me. One set of presents, right? Christmas and birthday. We'll, yep. We'll, we'll lump it all in. Um, that but, is awesome. Uh, no. <laughs> Thanks. But uh, so juggling that and, and nailing down a date, but definitely want to go see Hayden and, and his fiance, who I actually ironically went to high school with. So a lot of family ties. Um, there, so we're we're gonna go see my my bud and watch him go and dominate in that new offense. I don't know if you guys have seen. Is it Frank Reich? Is that how you say his name? Is it Reich? Correct. Yeah. Reich. Yeah, he loves Hayden. The dude cannot and does not have enough positive things to say about Hayden Hurst. It is pretty awesome. So I'm pumped to see um, how they use Hayden both in the run and the pass game. Um, so it'll be cool. All of us what? Gamecocks need to try to make it up to a game. There's a lot. There's a lot of Gamecocks on that roster, and the offensive coordinator used to be a coach here, Thomas Brown. So, yep. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. The Panthers are they, they got a bunch of bunch of bunch of Gamecocks up there. So hopefully that'll help them. You know, maybe get to the playoffs or something like that. But we'll let you run, Bud. Uh, next week, look forward to getting a preview in for the Tar Heels and the Gamecocks. Yep. Looking forward to it. appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good week. Yes, sir. You too. There you go. Perry Orth inside the playbook with the quarterback, Perry Orth. QB1Athletics.com, by the way, if you or somebody you know needs to be taught how to play that position. Maybe it's your neighbor who thinks he's good, but he's not. You might want to send his parents to QB1Athletics.com. That'll help him get on the field. If it, if it doesn't, then he he really sucks. But, you know, it's worth a shot by heading to QB1Athletics.com. I'm just kidding here guys qb1athletics.com to find perry uh and their staff all over south carolina all right we got a hit a timeout we're powered by electric bikes of charleston they're delivering the rower tomorrow boys here comes the upper body start filling this thing out jc i'll show you i'll show you next weekend how many workouts i can get in between now and then we'll be right back welcome home that's what the gamecocks say and so does the barn Doe company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manus, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
Hey everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. This crowd, the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, ready to explode just as they do each time. They're fighting Gamecock are introduced. And so this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. And the rave breaks out of Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. Can't wait to be at Williams Bryce. Won't be long, guys. No, we are. Uh, well, we're in single digits until kickoff, and um, until the kickoff of the season for South Carolina. We're two days from the kickoff of college football, which is amazing. And uh, so that means we're sixteen days right from uh, walking into Williams Bryce. Which, by the way, apparently. So we got the Darude announcement earlier this week. I guess Cocky has a new intro. Any speculation on what that is, JC? Have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything. Somebody told me, I don't remember who it was. It was a couple of months ago that said they were going to, uh, I guess, redo it a little bit, freshen it up. Because it's actually kind of been the same for a while. For I started long- thinking about it. The box, the magic, the magic box. Magic oh, box. with the small, the magic cocky's magic. I have cocky's magic box. Oh, cocky's magic box is precious. Uh, I hope they, I hope they roll him out of a daggum Harley. How about, how about they do this? I don't think there'll be a Harley. How about they do this? Why don't we do this? Why don't we play Welcome to the Jungle? Oh. And when it kicks in, cocky comes in on uh, like on a damn or da- sorry, a daggum a, 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 a Harley ride, followed by the Carolina girls and the Coquettes, right, oh, okay. right, and they rock in like that, and then it goes dark, that fades dark, and then the lights in two thousand one. Do you mean the Coquettes? The co- I thought the, it was called the Cokeheads. Well, if it's the Cokeheads, co- co- it sounds like sounds like a bunch of you know drugged up you know. I when I was in college, I said Cokeheads. Like, no, it's the Cokeheads. Cokeheads I mean, is not something that a woman would want to be called. I, I don't. I don't know that. I, I'd rather be. A, <laughs> yeah. I, and Quantrill reminds me what kind of moron I am. I have. See, I'm tired, guys. I've been. I, I don't think. I think I need to sleep badly because. I, I've seen that before. It's the Demon Deacon does it like Forrest. Oh, really? Yeah. JC's bright. Hey, and then I, kind of yeah, that's about like, like that. I like, like a zip line or something. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Look, I, I, I I'm getting ripped on Big Spur too for saying Stetson Bennett should have gotten the Heisman over Caleb Williams too. You I just, are. I, I just rolled yeah. over there. I could care. Look, if it's a non-game cock topic, I don't care if I get ripped. <laughs> I don't really care if I get ripped at all. 
So, 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 so my day starts with that or start my, my sports day starts with that. And then I, I want to copy, um, Wake Forest with the opener. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, I had I, uh, somebody mention one thing to me, but I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. Rumor has it. <laughs> so. Sources say. Maybe you'll skydive in. Maybe you'll. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, skydive in. I'm like, yeah, maybe. No, maybe they're building a secret dungeon at the 50 yard line where he comes up out. I was thinking that too. You come out, up out of the field, right? Yeah, Wouldn't that be grass great? on top of it? Yeah, comes yeah, out of the field like rising from the dead. Y'all ever heard Rodney Carrington talk about the Toby Keith sex dungeon? Anyway, uh, I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna do the bit. Y'all look it up. It's funny. Yeah, I was about to say the uh, app is five plus, five plus on the app. Yeah, plus on the app. But uh, no, uh, it's uh, the cocky dungeon. Uh, yeah, they're down there. Like, okay, so maybe it's a whole thing. Maybe he's being held captive by the tweaking tiger from Clemson. That's the copy of a copy of a copy, and it, it shows it in black and white. He's down there in chains. Uh, uh, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. And then there's some music play. Then all of a sudden, boom, lights. And then the ground starts shaking. There's some lava and smoke. And, and then, boom, here he comes. Ta-da! And then fireworks. And then lights, 2001. I actually think I just uh, talked about Fantasmic, the, the show at Disney World. Dang, I'm not, I'm not creative today. Well, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Daryl's like, I need some rest. That's true. I need to rest up before I'm drugged to another Dame tailgate party in 48 hours. Hey, by the way, not to not to uh, not to to throw this conversation into oh, the trash can, but I'm going to feel do free. It. Feel free. I I, I I did not realize, and I don't know where I've been, but I did not realize until just reading, which is always one of my favorite articles on ESPN, the bottom 10 by Ryan McGee, that Jacksonville State is coached by Rich Rodriguez. Did either of you? Where have I been? Rich Rod, yeah. So Rich Rod will be walking his Gamecocks to take on our Gamecocks. I've said that before here, right? Or did I say it on? No, I've said it about I don't remember where I said it, but uh, yeah. Hey, and look, I'm going to tell you this right now. Be careful about that. Uh, number one, Jacksonville State's not scared of big teams, and they're actually in FBS right Conference now. USA. Conference USA. Mm-hmm. Conference USA. Yeah, they moved up to FBS. Number two, they beat Ole Miss a few years back. Not Ed Orgeron's team, but she's one of Houston Nets' team. And number three, Rich Rod's offense, when it's clicking, is very, very difficult to stop. Um, so we get to watch them this weekend and see if they have a quarterback that can run it. Uh, even at Ole Miss that one year where he was the OC when John Reese Plumley, who's now at UCF, ran it. I mean, I think they scored 34 against Bama or something. It's just, it's one of those things that, uh, you could stop it these days. It's not like it was when Pat White was running it at West Virginia, but when it does get going, it, it, it gets pretty tricky. It's still kind of a unique system. Well, their quarterback is a dual threat quarterback, Zion Webb. Uh, who last year threw for almost 2,000 yards but ran for over 600 yards and 13 touchdowns. Holy smokes. Uh, so, yeah, he's a dual-threat guy. I don't know. I mean, I'm not looking that far ahead, to be honest with you, but um, 
I just think that I didn't realize that he was at Jacksonville State. I have no idea how I didn't know that. But I didn't. We'll be able to catch a glimpse of it this weekend because they play in week zero. They do. Yeah. Yep. Coming up. Uh, big game on, on Saturday for uh, Jacksonville State. I don't know who they play, but it's a big game. Who do they play this weekend? I can't remember. We just talked about this yesterday. I can't Phil. Either. What? Oh, my goodness. Mm. I, I can't forget. I mean, remember yesterday. Well, maybe I need yeah. a nap too. Uh, they, <laughs> they've got UTEP at 530 on the CBS. UTEP, UTEP. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which that line is uh, uh, yesterday. I mentioned that it was, uh, JC, I'm not sure if you're mad at the computer or not, but don't take it out. Uh, computer, I forgot to um, uh, but uh, UTEP, that line yesterday for all you betters out there was even, Phil. It's drifted to one under in favor of the UTEP Teppers. Pretty sure that's their mascot, oh. right? The Teppers? Or are they the Miners? There's a pickaxe in their logo, so maybe they I think they're miners. the Miners. I'm pretty sure they're the Miners. They're definitely the Miners. Y'all haven't seen that movie about Texas Western and the Final Four? with No, yeah. Don I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Texas Western became Texas El Paso. Uh, no, I. this is just an – we just – I used to call them UTEP Teppers all the time because I never knew what they were. I don't even know how long ago, 10 years Teppers. ago or something. It just flowed, the UTEP Teppers. So. UTEP Teppers. Just tap it in. So we just went with it. The, the UTEP Teppers. Here's a question for both of you, though. Who is the worst team in college football? Not FCS. FBS level and and well, I, yeah, Power Five or I, no, 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 just in general. Worst program is probably uh, New Mexico State. You think worse than UMass? Every now and then, UMass will jump up and bite somebody. And and a pro, yeah. are we talking program or team? Like because program UMass, UMass was a playoff team in FCS in FCS. Oh, like who's the? I know that's a. Mm, but see, that's that? why these teams are stupid. For I'm look, I've kind of rice. Yeah, rice. That'd be a good. That'd be a no good. Two, two tap two tap Tony Rich Rods at Jacksonville State. Uh, if you're going, if you've got uh, tickets, you'll you'll see him in November in Columbia. Um, I, the I guess the worst team in college football, like not overall program necessarily. I mean, they, they coincide. I, I don't know. Who's the worst team out there? Is it UMass? This year? Well, we'll find you said, out. Well, you said New Mexico State, right? Well, if, if it's between those for the worst team this year, we're finding out Saturday. Yeah, it's 7 o'clock. Time show on, ESPN. on ESPN. On ESPN. That's how, right. How are they going to this thing up? <laughs> Before Mike gets on, I'll tell you the story. Like Mike calls me up one day. He's like, hey, what's up? You know, hey, what's going on, man? And he's like, you got an ESPN assignment today. Uh, this week, heading to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Yep. I happened to turn it on. Mike's calling that game. There's about 13 people there. Uh, Boise State, I think, was the opponent. And just beat them senseless. But, but hey, uh, uh, New Mexico State, remember when Carolina broke the uh, the 21-game losing streak against them? Uh, you guys know that they had a really good coach that year uh, or during that time period that had come from Nebraska. And they had sprung some upsets the year before. And I remember watching it. It was on WTBS. <clears throat> they, they still covered college football back then. And they were making bold predictions. They said New Mexico State will beat South Carolina in that ballgame. Wow. How about them, Apple? Showed them. They were well, the, ne the, the, next year, New 
the next year in New Mexico State, in, in or two years later in 02, Corey Jenkins, the Corey Jenkins year, uh, New Mexico State did give Carolina some problems. It's like 34 24, something like that. So, in, in 2002? Yeah, yeah. Because they, they opened New Mexico State in 2000, Boise State in 01. That's mm-hmm. before Boise State was Boise State. Yeah, and no. then O two they beat uh, they beat New Mexico. And then they struggled with Louisiana Lafayette in O three, which was embarrassing until Spurrier in O seven struggled again with Ricky Bustle's uh, Raging Cajuns at home. So, Ricky Bustle, the name yeah. of BRC says Stanford's probably the worst Power Five. I think Northwestern's going to be a little worse this year, and they were last year, and. Uh, Rutgers, Rutgers, that's which, which awesome to say power five. Rutgers, it, yeah. it tears me up to say that because I, I know some actual Rutgers actually has fans. It's the State University of New Jersey, like Sopranos, you right? Jersey Shore, you. And we've around here, we've always thought Carolina's got problems, Clemson's got problems keeping kids in the state, nothing compared to Rutgers. Uh, yeah. and the, the shame of it is New Jersey is a top 10 talent producing state. If they if they got seventy five percent of those kids, they'd be competitive even against Penn State. And but they all go to Penn State or Michigan or down south or anyway stay here in New Jersey. So oh well, but Rutgers and that's the birthplace of college football. On top of that, well, I know who said uh, Quantrill said Colorado is the worst team in the country. But I would like to say I'd like to think Colorado would whip UMass in New Mexico State. I don't think they're going to lose for, lose to them. Yeah, well, you know, best of luck to ESPN yeah, on I mean, Saturday night. That's their storyline. Layden A and M almost lost to uh, UMass last year. <laughs> asleep at the wheel, or the Aggies, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Better not be asleep at the wheel this year. Uh, they'll put Jimbo in the back of Bobby's Harley and ship him out of town. All right, we got to take a timeout. It's eleven fifty. It is. We are painted garnet and black. Let me paint something.com. If you're in South Carolina or Georgia and you're prepared to paint anything on your property, they'll do it. Concrete, indoors, outdoors, fence, you name it. Maybe you need that new Gamecock room, right? It's football season. You All of a sudden you look up and you go, oh my gosh, we're, we're a week away from kickoff and I haven't finished the Gamecock room. I've got three TVs on the wall, but the walls look terrible. I want to give him a call, see what he can do for you. Let me paint something.com. Tristan Still and his family, the proud Gamecock owners, 803-522-6832. We'll be right back. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. 
Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. guys i got it armored personnel carrier from fort jackson for cocky where'd you get that is, Bring, is, roll him in there are you is that on is that your opinion or is that That's actually what, what's gonna happen no i mean i i i have no inside info on this <laughs> but i think you i think you've got an opportunity here to incorporate our fine armed services Oh, with the face being just off campus. All right. That's your that's what you're going with. I'm going with uh uh a UFO uh <laughs> is going to <laughs> float over Williams Bryce and bam, he will be lowered down by aliens. And um yeah. Hey, are you uh it, are it, well here. Let me just let me just How say. How about it. cocky dressed as Elvis? Since that was Elvis's act. Oh, okay. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Ah, we got a younger crowd now. They go over about as well as Carolina girls did. Remember? I'm a. No, yeah. I'm an Elvis guy though now. I oh, I do too, dude. I, I we love we all love it. Sitting our uh, us middle aged dudes, uh, generate Gen Xers, but past the Gen Xers. I don't know if Elvis would go over too well. well we need to we need to indoctrinate because <laughs> Elvis indoctrinate. Is, Elvis is a legend. Anybody that says his name poorly, you need to find somewhere else to go. We're Elvis fans here. Hey guys, this is a, this is a big day in America. It's a big big day in America. It is National Waffle Day. Are y'all waffle? If you have the choice, hey, you can have a waffle or a pancake. What do you want? What are you taking? Waffle or a pancake? I think waffle. Yeah. Now the, uh, when I was a kid, it was probably pancake. But, I mean, I probably passed 20, 125 Waffle Houses just now on my drive. 
But once you get north of Indianapolis, they're nowhere to be found. So thanks yeah. for bringing that up, Jamie. I appreciate it because I did not stop at Waffle House on the way. Now I want me some Waffle House, and this is not good. Waffle House is so good. It really is, it, man. It, I hey, love I took, Waffle House. I took Nat and the boys there. We were in Pigeon Forge, and they enjoyed that meal that was 60 bucks better than – I mean, the two kids got seconds. Wait, y'all, y'all y'all had to pay $60 at a Waffle House? You don't understand what they eat. Oh. Okay. I mean, it's like they got – so the boys got – and they had two two friends with them. They I ever was, waffle in Tennessee? <laughs> they ate the, the two friends ate the same thing. Uh, it was like – so they get an entree. Like they get the the ham and three eggs with the waffle, and then they order hash browns, and then they, another meat side. And then another waffle. And then that's the first course. And then they ask for another waffle. And that guy, well, I, I, I did have, I did have my hash brown scattered, smothered, covered, topped and diced. Yeah. Yeah. And chunked. Got it, dude. That just, it, 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 it seems, it seems ludicrous, but just that one square slice of cheese that they put on those hash browns makes the it's whole delicious. Difference so. in the world. No, no diet. No, it's not even a thick piece of cheese. No, it's not. I can imagine if they had Waffle House up here. Yeah, it would be the most popular because they got Chick Fil A up here about ten years ago, and there's still a line around the building just like there is in the South. If they got Waffle House up here, I think it would be nutso. Like, like, eh, yeah, we're gonna go to Waffle House. You're gonna get the cheesesteak melt, Texas with the hash browns in the waffle. I mean, it's right up these people's alley. I mean, you know, there's no beef sandwiches at the Waffle House, but they would, they would eat it up. I mean, I ought to open a Waffle House where I, right here, and I, I would do. do I it. would be a, I'd be a zillionaire. Yeah, you would. Be the they, Waffle they, they, of Chicago. What about a Waffle House in Homer Glen, and like all of Chicago invaded my nice little hamlet I live in, and I had to require reservations or open table for to get in. <laughs> well, tonight at Waffle, Waffle House reservations are required. So, oh, world double decker Waffle House, Waffle Michael, House, my, the Michael ultimate, jo- the ultimate dictator of hurricane strength as well. Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson and Bo Jackson and uh, you know Sean Dunstan roll by when they're in town. Oh yeah, Sean Dunstan celebrities. That's a name. That's right. That's the name I always use when I do my Harry Carey. Sean Dunstan of the plate. Oh. He's, he's about one for four. About uh, Harry would say about one for four. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Phil. I, I, Phil should have let it be, but I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? No, we're on, we're on a clock, Jason. <laughs> well, no. That's, but that would have been funny if Phil had just chimed in like that. I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? <laughs> Bill will Bill, allow me to retort. Bill did the right thing there. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Well, well done, Phil. I lost track of time there. That's, at least, that's, it's one of those I mean, rare times where I actually day. was paying attention to the time in the middle of the show. Yeah, the, two, the two of you have absolutely – I'm an old radio guy, so I think clock, 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 clock. Y'all just think ramble. Uh, you know. Ramble. Where's JC? Oh, he's – he hadn't, he hadn't clicked this out yet, Phil. <laughs> well, it's the first hour. What if yeah. I did? I just bounce. Hey, see you guys later. We're gonna take a nap. All right. <laughs> we would not be shocked by that now.
John, John says he wants to shoot cocky out of a cannon from the upper deck. I bet Cocky would enjoy that if he you, had a. You could do a zip line like they do with. Speaking of Disney, like they do with Tinkerbell at the castle. You know, she's on the zip yeah. Line. What would the liability be on that though? Like, what kind of insurance policy would you have? Oh, uh, you probably need to be very yeah. well insured for that. There's, there's a, these are students, right? You know. What if it's God. like what they tell you before you go white water rafting? Hey, I just going to give you a heads up. You're going to sign this piece of paper saying you, your family can't sue us if you die out there. And you're like, okay, do I really want to do this? Or And, and that the game will go on as planned in the event of Cocky's death. Yeah. They'll just <laughs> remove you from the ball game. Like, they're not going to delay anything. You, you, you want to talk about a quandary there. It's like, yeah, because, you know, it's it's ultimately someone you most of us don't know in a, yeah. in a, in a costume. Now it's un- unti- the un- an untimely, it would, but then they'd have to cancel the game. No, and, and we'd all say the right things, but we would really feel like mm, I kind of wish they'd have played the game and just be ashamed oh, man, to think that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. bring my youngest to the stadium for the Furman game, and we're going to see this new thing. And then if if Cocky goes down in that, she's going to be inconsolable. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, they'd be suing for <laughs> mental health issues. Yeah. I, I know I'd be a little freaked out. I'd be like, "Cause cocky's kind of a symbol of my childhood." Right. All right, we gotta right. go. Mike Morgan up next inside the game coach the show. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Settles in the pocket, launches one deep down the field, wide open at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown, 
Touchdown, Tampa Bay. It's time for Power Hour with Mike Morgan on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Looking deep downfield, rolling out, throws it up in the air, and it is Touchdown, Troy Williamson, what a catch. Saturday evening here in Bluegrass Country. Ahead to Buckman, slam, city for Ronaldo Buckman. The 20, 10, 5, touchdown. And to Frederick, Frederick. With one, pull up three, good if it goes, he got it, he got it, he got it, Carolina wins, Havens gets it high and deep to right, we'll see you at Hoover. Final hour, Thursday, August the 24th, two days until the kickoff of college football in America here in the fall of 2023. Power Hour presented by Palmetto Medicare with Mike Morgan starts now. What's up, bud? How we doing? Well, we are... 48, 50 hours and 25 minutes until Notre Dame and Navy get going in Dublin, Ireland. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we're ready to watch. I mean, we're watching ball, right? Like, we're just all ready to watch ball, so we're watching Look, ball this week. I, I can't complain about week zero. What if, if we don't have any games, what am I going to watch? I'm so, you. I get it. Like, I don't think the matchups are going to be great in week zero at any time soon. What was it a few years ago? Um, I remember because I was in Columbia, South Carolina. Cole Kubrick and I were about to call a Hammond game for ESPN with, with Jordan Birch. That was the big draw to that, why we were there. But the night before was uh, Florida-Miami played a week zero game. Did, and I, I was, yeah. Yeah, and I think the strategy, the reason why they were willing to do that, and you guys, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, at least one, if not both of those teams, took week one off. So they played week zero and used week one as a bye. I believe that's right. I think it was 2019. 19, yeah. Because my my fiancé and I were at the beach. We watched that game at uh, some bar across from some amusement park in Myrtle Beach. So I remember because – some bar across from some park. Well, there there were there were four of us there, and I remember just looking at our table. We, we were there for a while. There's about fifteen empty beer bottles that just in the bottle, you know. I mean, which is normal for four people if you're there for three hours. But uh, and I remember hoping Florida. I was pulling for Miami in that one, but Florida pulled it out. Well. Mike, ESPN has UMass and New Mexico State at seven on uh, seven o'clock Saturday night. We we've kind of determined that that is uh, who the loser that they're battling for the uh, worst team in college football award. That's about right. Yeah. What is our uh, our guy uh, McGee? Yeah, I read it McGee morning. fame. He um he always does. I think the the bottom five or the bottom, bottom ten. ten, bottom ten. Cool little twist on college football, right? It's, and uh, those are definitely two teams that are going to be spending a lot of time in the bottom 10. 
or the bottom two. Perhaps oh, yes. Yeah. The loser the could be could be clinching. The loser will have the inside track for the worst team in Division One. But I mean, I think that like guys like let's seriously really think about this. We we kind of need to cherish every single week of college. If you don't already, maybe step up and do it this year. Cherish it because this is it. We're never going to see it this way again. Uh, the SEC is getting rid of divisions. The Pac-12 is going away. The Big Ten is becoming the national big whatever they're going to be. The, uh, the We don't know what the future of the ACC, ACC looks like. The SEC, of course, is changing with Oklahoma and Texas coming in. The Big 12 is going to be entirely different. The whole 2024, everything we know is college football now. It's not like one or two leagues. The whole thing is is turned over. That's right. Yeah, I mean, JC and I have been talking about it for years on on JC and Morgan that um, that was going to be the most revolutionary change year. It was only a matter of was it going to be 2023 or 2024? And like everything else in the sport, it, it moves at a glacial pace. So it's always a safer bet to bet a year later than a, a year before. Um, but all this was bound to happen. And I'm starting to think we're getting closer and closer to, uh, hey, they're, they're, get your get your popcorn ready for the annual Clemson-Cal rivalry. Um, I, Whoa. There's a lot of smoke about Stanford, Cal, and SMU joining the ACC, which would reap about $72 million in additional revenue. And all three of those programs have so much money that they're taking they're, they're taking a lesser deal. In other words, they're not getting equity. They're not getting the same amount of TV handouts as everybody else is which is the only way the ACC could possibly accept this deal. Um, I just, I'm starting to think that's closer and closer to, to coming true. It looked like it was dead on the vine and then it's back out there. And the fact that it's back out there a second time, that normally means somebody, if not both came to their, came to their senses and said, you know what? No, we, we do need to get this done. Let's do it. I think it's asinine. It's desperation, asinine. It's definitely desperation. It, it, it flipped a switch in me. They, they asked Wimp, Wimp Sanderson asked me about it this morning, and and I, you know I, I've I haven't been one that stood on the table and said this is ruining the sport, all this, all this new stuff and all that. We're just kind of going through a seismic change in the sport. But I, I started thinking about it. And I was like, that that's that's the same thought process that the ACC had when they locked everybody into this stupid grant of rights. What they're doing. Is number one, and then and then I'll talk about academics in a second. They're making sure that Clemson and Florida State schools, schools that care about football, can't dissolve the league. That's this, right. Because th- this means they won't. They'll never have the votes to dissolve the league. So the little guys are going to keep the big guys in it. Um, that's one. And then number two, I think you're going to hear a lot about academics, which is a steaming pile of horse maneuver. these people that are going to make volleyball kids fly across the country and play games on Tuesdays and basketball players do all that crap um, and and basically make other sports, even the ones you don't get full scholarships for like baseball, like because you're, you're idiots. um, You're going to make their lives living hell. And then tell me about academics. Don't tell me about academics. I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear about their, uh, I don't want to hear how great of a fit Stanford is because of the academics. 
Uh, and the you know, first of all, the ACC is not really kind of overrated when it comes to that category. If we want, if we want to be honest, um, I don't want to hear about academics because it, it just like the hypocrisy that bleeds out of the office over here in Rosemont with the Big Ten, the biggest bunch of hypocrites in college sports. You know, they talk about academics. All. I don't want to hear about that shit. I mean, stop, excuse me, part part of me app rating. There, the app that app stuff in five. In uh, <laughs> I don't want to hear about that stuff anymore from anybody, right? And everybody wants to blame the SEC for this. Uh, are they are a bunch of scaredy cat, feminine feline type individuals? Okay, they they have no no backbone, no spine, no whatever you want to call it. Because you you know what, the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma, this is not a new thing. They've been speculated to be going to that conference for years. They're SEC level type programs. To be honest, the Texas could have gone to the SEC at any time, starting in 19-whenever when the Southwest Conference is off. They could have gone at any time, so would Oklahoma as well, right? It makes sense for those teams to be in the SEC. Don't tell me that, okay, because they did this, we're going to have to go at Southern Cal and UCLA. Don't tell me that. At that point, it's just like a game of risk. You're just at, like, Mike's – I think Mike's the one that actually used that illusion – pointed out, don't, don't, don't talk to me about academics. Don't talk to me about – you know how the SEC is is this and people hey, those schools are rogue and we're the I mean you're not if you look in the mirror who has made moves that are 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 more like non beneficial to student athletes in the last it's been the Big Ten the ACC and uh, and yeah you know, I don't I don't actually blame the Big Twelve they're kind of coming back from the dead they're like the zombie Frankenstein conference. <laughs> You know they are a Frankenstein conference, but uh, you know th- th- those two those two leagues, uh, in my opinion, are just uh, are bad for college. I'll say it right now: the Big Ten and ACC are bad for college athletics, and they say the same thing about the SEC. So I don't, I don't care. But if you look at the facts, the, the the moves those two leagues have made, bad for college athletics. People want to talk about it's all about the money in the South and all that. Gets, oh, the SEC money man, who's making moves? That's all we're all about the money right now. Those leagues. I, I think, look, if, if they are trying to sell academics, nobody's buying it. Um, we're, we're, we're way past anybody buying into that. Um, but I don't think you even have to try and sell that to try and justify this move for the, for the reasons you mentioned JC at the top, which is the ACC in survival mode and forget about academics these are the these are the final chess pieces on the board. Like, who else are you going to add if you're the ACC? And the ACC has sat on its hands. You know, the ACC easily could have pulled what the Big 12 did. I mean, they could have gotten some of those other corner schools in California if they if they really tried. You know, they could have at least been in the running. I think they just figured, hey, we've got this ironclad contract. We can just sit back and do nothing until everybody else did something. And now it's like, well, we got to do something. And the only way they could do it financially, as I mentioned, was to not have your typical, like everybody who was added to the Big 12, they are all getting the same piece of the pie, okay? So whoever you think is the predominant program in that league, I don't know, uh, TCU, Baylor, Kansas State, whoever you think it is, Arizona, Arizona State, BYU, they're all getting the same amount of money. UCF's the same amount of money. That's what the SEC does. That's what the Big Ten does. That is not what this deal is. 
This deal is, is look, look, you're desperate. We're not quite as desperate. Let's let's join desperate hands and and matrimonial uh, harmony here. Yeah, and but- it's, so there's nothing ideal about it. But but is it better than not doing anything? It would be the question. It's like, will you marry me? It's like, hey, let's get married because we're both desperate. But uh, you can cheat on me all you want. Well, you know, there's no, there's no bonding. You don't get any benefit and uh, all that. But we're still, we still say we're married. You remember the old? Uh, do any of you guys watch Family Guy? There's a Family Guy is very irreverent. Um, well, heck, JC is doing his Richard Pryor today. I can, I can go ahead and give this. It's clean. It's clean. It's not going to ruin the uh, the five the under five five plus. I need five. a dump button. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie is over there. He is like the dean of this show right now, ready to hand out the merits. Uh, there's a skit. If you watch Family Guy, it's it's it, it's irreverent, but this is clean. It's Rhea Perlman and Danny DeVito, and they like meet at some function. And DeVito goes, "Hey, Rhea, I can't do any better." Rhea looks at Danny and goes, "Yeah, I can't do any better better either." Okay, let's get married. That's kind of <laughs> what this is. <laughs> Hey, uh, whoa, what was that Saturday Night Live? Lowered expectations. Y'all remember that one? <laughs> Lowered expectations. If it, it, I'm you, all out of love. I'm hey, so lost without you. Everett and Cal have VHS tapes of them begging the other conferences trying to sell themselves. I mean, it's really what it, it's like. <laughs> what it, that's, Canadian that's, yarn art, fellas, get out there and sell it. No, nobody else was swiping right. Okay, no. <laughs> those that have been on dating apps, nobody else was swiping right. So and, and this is what you came up with. And uh, you know, you you go on a sing, on a single date. There's not much chemistry there. Then you go back on the app, and again, you keep swiping right, and you're like, uh, maybe we got to give up, give Stanford and Cal a call back. What what the heck? <laughs> So, I, so it's a long distance, yeah. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's it's like she ain't perfect, point. but you got Notre Dame on there too. Everybody swipes left, they ghost them. Well, yeah. Notre well, Dame's the girl they'll never have. She's like yeah, all of a right. sudden now, now this chick who is who's led you on for all these years, who's never going to marry you, but wants all the benefits of being your girlfriend. Now she's Miss Matchmaker, right? Yeah, and, and I think yeah. I've met people like this before. Not in my life because they'd have been kicked to the curb and heartbeat. But you know, some of my friends get strung along, strung along, strung along, and he's like, "Well, yeah, you know, I'm right in the middle of it." And you know, oh, I, and then it's like, "Oh, I think you should go out with Debbie." What about Debbie? What about what about left left coast Lucy out there? I mean, sure, Lucy doesn't shave her arms and uh, wears Birkenstocks everywhere and uh, <laughs> smokes marijuana like it's going out of style and uh, all that good stuff. But hey, she's a nice girl, isn't she? If Notre Dame is Lucy, Lucy is like, oh, hi, nice, nice to meet you. What kind of car do you drive? How much money yeah. do you make? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, like, all, the, all the pre all the prereqs. Yeah. Do I you, mean, do you do, do you CrossFit every day? Because you don't look like it. Um, yeah. Have you thought about losing a few pounds? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be ugly or anything, but I'm just saying, is that really your car? I mean, right. have you thought about trading it in? And That's then it's Notre like, Dame. and then it's like, did you give me a birthday I mean, present? Did you give me a, can you take me out to eat? Did you give me a birthday present? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my we're God. Chili. Yeah. We're going to eat. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. Baby back ribs? <laughs> no, no. Uh, how about Ruth Chris? <laughs> that's Notre uh, Dame okay. and Stanford and Cal at this point are like hey you know you don't have to wine and dine me just l- let's go Dutch 
Let's go to Five Guys, get a burger, we'll split the fries, and let's make something happen. You know, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Two, two points yeah. about that. Number one, a, a, a order of fries at Five Guys is like a whole meal because they dump half of it out in the bag, and then you have a cup full as well. So just a word of advice for those of you that go to Five Guys, if, if you're hungry, do that. But anyway, um, the next part of that is, the best, the person that should like kiss the ground and and be like, I am very happy to be here, like in like, coming to America, is SMU. <laughs> well, I was about to say, can't you make the argument that they're the better addition than both Cal and Stanford here? They're the they're they're the they're the ones that should be flipping, jumping all twenty eight of their fans that have million the, the twenty eight people were twenty eight billion out there should be like freaking out happy. I mean, that's they, they got the golden ticket back. They got the last golden ticket at the Chocolate Factory, guys. And they own Soul Glow. Soul Glow. So they own the Soul Glow uh, fortune. Uh, <laughs> you know, look, I, SM, first off, I've been to SMU's campus. It's beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. Terrific academic institution. They do love football, but they are they are so far behind. And I don't know what the ACC really – does long term for SMU. Um, SMU is always going to be a distant fourth, fifth in their own state in terms of recruiting and everything else. Because we're not going back to the Pony Express where they were just outspending everybody. You can't, you can't outspend anybody when it's all transparent. Uh, I don't, actually, I, don't, I mean, you you could try, and I know they have a lot of money, but I don't I, think. Yeah, <laughs> we had we this discussion yesterday about. Tracing a school that just goes and buys five stars with NILs, right? And wins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you're SMU right now and you get all this money, because if they have enough money to forego any and all television money for five years, that's what, how many, that's, that's, that's about $200 million or 180 or something. They're leaving on the table. Right. If they can fund that, mm-hmm. they've got money. So they've got money, but, but, but think about it. Everybody else is starting with, yeah, like thirty-five, forty million in the pot. And it's not like Florida State and Clemson and some of those schools don't already have money too. But think about this, Mike. Right. What would keep them from just buying everybody right now? Their conference affiliation, right? Because because kids fundamentally, ISMU's offered me a million dollars to come play there, but you know, uh, I'd kind of like to go to the playoff and you know play for Oklahoma or Texas right, or A and M. Well, what this does is it's going to save the ACC. And now if you're SMU, you could say, well, how about making a million and coming here and then playing in the Power Five League and having a chance to get to the playoff? Yeah, I, I get it. I, I, and I hope that happens. I mean, I would love to see SMU oh, just Redemption. say, look, we've got the richest donors of anybody. The thing is, what SMU, they do have some big, big pockets from a, from a select group of people, but they don't have the numbers. Right. right. So there's, there's multiple ways to skin the cat and, and NIL money and booster money is, you know, you got like three or four whales or as I always call them, sugar daddies. Like Michigan State has a sugar daddy. Miami has one that may or may not be in jail sometime soon. But um, but you can do it that way or you can just have thousands of people that that just love winning college football and a huge enrollment and alumni base. And and so you get less from each, but the grand sum total, the aggregate total is more. So I don't know if SMU is going to completely just outspend everybody 
in that league. Just like Stanford, I don't think is going to be able to do that. And Cal, like I keep hearing how much money Stanford and Cal have. Uh, well, they sure as hell don't do much to spend it. I mean, no, they, they, they haven't. For, yeah, they haven't for years. It's not a priority over there. You go and right. you, you you watch a college football game in most of those California schools, not named Southern Cal. It's just not a – remember when UCLA played a week zero game a few years ago? I think it was two years ago. UCLA played it – was, it was a legit opponent. It was it FA, uh, FA – that was lost. It was either FIU or FAU. They almost lost. No, was, I don't think it was – I don't think it was a direction. Or, or was, it, was it USF? I think it was a Florida school. Well, Phil, you might be right, but Phil, double check. It, it, the, the bigger point Maybe, is that no, – No, 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 no. I'm sorry. South Alabama. It was South Alabama. Okay. Because it was, uh, yeah. Regardless, it the the stadium. You, you know, I got a hundred thousand seat stadium. There's like five thousand people in it. There, the weather was fine. It is. It was a legit game. It's it's the first game of the year. It's Chip Kelly coaching, and it was so embarrassing on national TV to see that. Why is that? Because they don't look at football the way we do, and they never will. I don't care what conference they're in. I don't care what playoff right. structure they're in. They just, that's not the way they do things over there. So all the money in the world can't cure apathy, which is what Stanford and, and Cal have. And then in the case of SMU, yeah, they're, they're a great little story. And again, I'd love to see them be relevant again. Um, and it's not a, like all three of these additions. I could, I could find some positives for it. I don't think it really moves the needle much. I don't think the ACC got stronger. I just think it's like, well, we're we got we got issues here. We got teams that want to leave. Let's just add the best three pieces on the board and see what we can make out of it. I mean, honestly, I think there's a little bit of an experimentation going on with this move. I by mean, the way, that the SMU's got like a hundred million dollars. They're they're in the middle of redoing their stadium. Mm-hmm. And once that's built, if they do get into the ACC, you're going to have a SMG, SMU outside of a, a couple, Clemson, uh, Florida State, you know, NC State, a couple, their facilities are going to be either right in the middle or more shifted towards the top from a football standpoint in that league if they get in. If they get, yeah, in. they can do that. I mean, if they really want to. But again, they're not. They're never going to get what Florida State, Clemson do. They're not going to get ninety thousand a game at SMU. It's no, a no. small private school. You know, it's just that no. you're, they're, you're they're more like Wake Forest than right. Well, that's know, changing right. anyway. Well, their stuff, their facility will be nicer in Wake. It'll be nicer in Duke. It'll be nicer in Syracuse. Nicer in Boston College. Nicer that's than right. Miami. Um, and so on to Cal. I don't know what's going. Uh, SMU will be interesting. I think an interesting case study here. But I, all, I, we 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 haven't even mentioned what it's really all about, which is Dallas. Yeah, right. 70, it's worth it's worth an additional seventy two million. It, well, yeah, no, I mentioned that at the top, but it, it's but SMU specifically is the Dallas market. Oh, right? Dallas! I, I thought you said dollars in a weird way. Oh no, 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 no! We I'm already sorry. know I, that. I, I, Dallas. I thought I you mean, said it's about Dallas. I, like, I mean, it, Dallas, Dallas, yo, Dallas, dollar, dollar bill, yo. It is about dollars, but it's also about Dallas. That's the appeal of SMU. That's if SMU was located in Corvallis. SMU with all their rich donors would not even be a factor in any of this. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, you're adding 
I mean, do you change the name of the conference? I think you have to. I think you have to change the. You got to <laughs> all be, these. The, all of them should be changed. Them, they they got to the be thing. the BCC, I mean, the Bi-Coastal I mean, the, the SEC can survive with what they're doing, but this is not the Big Ten. This is not the Big Twelve. It is no. not the ACC. And Missouri the, ain't exactly. As, oh, as, listen, they'll go cheap. It'll be the All Coast Conference. That way, they don't have to change any of the branding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just I think. Ooh, that's a good idea, Phil. The All Coast Conference, still yeah. the ACC. All Coast, Mad Dog, you're on it, Mad Dog. Right, well, yeah, you need to send that Mad to, Mad to Greensboro. A marketing solution for you for contract uh, ACC out there. If you need any more good ideas, that's a walk off. Phil, take the rest of the show off. That's a walk off. Just drop the mic. Yeah, as fired of, as I was about Clemson uh, and their fan any base co- culturally visiting, uh, <laughs> he culturally visiting, off. like he just JC'd us. <laughs> Irish goodbye. He yeah, just, I get to pop back in though. Oh, he's back. He's yeah. back. <laughs> he felt guilty. He, he, that was a good walk off. It was a temporary walk off. Hey, Phil, go see if the URL uh, all co- coast conferences available. And go to conferences. <laughs> Let's go buy that real quick. All and any any coast conference too. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, but uh, you know, I suppose I was looking forward to Clemson making that road trip culturally to Evanston or Minneapolis. Well, you might want to, Phil. You might want to also search for American Coast Conference. Interesting. Oh, that's gonna that you're you're buy them all. Your fan base out there on the left. Buy them all. Buy them all. (laughs) Or or like Clint said, average coast conference. Like that's the best one, Clint. Know what they're gonna be? Uh, But look, we got we got to step aside, guys. We're we're late for uh, a break here. So I want to put this in everybody's mind: Clemson fans with their two dollar bills invading Berkeley, California. <laughs> it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a magical scene on the CW network uh, here. Just oh, no, a it, of years. Oh, it, it's on the CW. Too. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's <laughs> be a magical moment coming up after the Golden Girls as Clemson makes <laughs> the after Hawaii. they'll rename it the Gilmore Girls Trophy, the Lorelei <laughs> Gilmore Memorial Trophy. <laughs> TravelingCountryClub.com lets you play 45 courses in two states. The Carolinas, North Carolina and South Carolina. If you play golf, you want to play as part of this club. It's the coolest club in the Carolinas, and we are so happy to be partnered with them. And we are happy that you're partnered with them as well. TravelingCountryClub.com, Gamecock, owned and operated. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the real estate market in the Lowcountry or even in the Midlands, please contact me, 
JB with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. Coast to Coast Realty SC dot com is where you can find our staff and you can always reach out to me here as well go gamecocks cool joe here and when i'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in destin i like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket mm. and the only pimento cheese i like to eat is from nana's porch it's award-winning it'll melt in your mouth it's good on a cracker it's good in a bowl it's good on a piece of bread also don't forget nana's porch has a hell of a food truck it's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. was pretty good. Mike Morgan had the chance to spend some time around Bob Fulton, the voice of Gamecock Athletics at one point in time, and probably will always be considered, quote, the voice as well. 1234, welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, Somebody had a question here, and I wanted to answer it. Jamie, Ask Mike what year was it that walk-off homer was hit by Havens. Well, I can tell you because Reese was my roommate, and I was sitting right there when it happened. It was 2008. Had they lost that game, they would have not made it to the SEC tournament in Hoover. Right, Mike? Yeah, unmute, Mike. Well, he is. A- I-, I-, I did the same thing. Mike, I think he's muted. Yeah, we can't hear you there, Mike. Look at this. Yeah. Let me bring you back. You've, uh, we've, uh, and he's going. We've given him the JC bug. And he's going. (laughs) And it's going. Um, 
He'll be back. So. Don't worry. But yeah, right. Jamie, that was two. That was two thousand eight. They had to. They had to win that game against Tennessee at the Sarge, and they did it. Uh, when Reese hit the ball out of the yard, and it was a no doubter. And let me tell you, we celebrated that night. <laughs> mm. yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, Let's see good if we days got Mike back here. There we go. There he is. We still can't hear you. I don't understand what's happening here. Make sure he doesn't have his Mike? mute button on. Make sure. I don't know what he would have hit but during the break, though. I don't either. He did disappear during the break, and then I had to put him back. Oh, he did? Yes, for some reason. I don't know. And boom goes the dynamite. Uh, all right, so yeah, we're working to get Mike back. I don't know. It's it's kind of strange. That yeah, I don't know. very weird. I don't understand. Turn it on and turn it back off again. <laughs> Hello? All right, pretty anyway. strange. We'll uh, we'll work on that. And yeah, JC, anything? Um, uh, I know you were, of course, uh, in meetings and traveling and things like that yesterday. But um, anything from the coordinators that happened to catch your attention? I know, of course, we talked to Perry earlier mm-hmm. about what Dowell said the responsibilities would be for Spencer moving forward. But but from both sides, you know, Clayton Limbo. And uh, Dow, I, I yeah, I listened to all the press conferences. I actually had yesterday was like one big meeting for me because I, I know I talked to you on the phone. I know I talked to Mike on the phone for a while. I talked to my friend Rod on the phone for a while. Uh, I talked to a potential intern for all of my properties on the phone for a while. I talked to uh, another person, two people about hats. So I had <laughs> nine phone calls, rock and roll it up through till Tennessee. I think that wore me out, but, um, but no, I, uh, right before I got to Bucky's and got tired, I, I did have, I called all three coordinator pressers in my car. I, I think, I think people ask offensive coordinators for too many specifics. They have to, it's their job, but they're never going to say, uh, and I'm to the point now where I hear the question. I'm like, yeah, there's not going to be an answer here. No answer. You know, and yeah. if there is, it'll be a, a mister. It'll be a, a, a uh, meant meant to misdirect the opponent. Uh, I thought Pete Limbo uh, had a lot of interesting things to say. Um, I don't know what the the deal was with uh, Finker and uh, his schedule, but uh, he had some big talk about that at the beginning, and I thought that was funny, uh, interesting. And then hey, he talked about the special teams and sort of, you know, how he like sometimes when a guy ascends the depth chart, you know that. Um, that they don't get to play as many special teams, right? If they're a starter or whatever. So that was interesting. And I think Clayton White has had some confidence about him the whole preseason. This may be gone unnoticed given the focus on the offense. And he again said Stone Bland and Debo Williams have come a long, long way. Uh, and if there were two guys you circle in that linebacking core that need to come a long, long way, I would have voted Debo Williams one, Stone Blanton two. And then we heard at the beginning of practice after a couple of weeks, Bam Martin Scott was doing some things. So yeah. when yeah. those veterans kind of get better at that position, that's not been all that great. Uh, and, and White keeps saying it over and over. Uh, it's not like when Lorenzo Ward told Steve Spurrier, they're going to be better on defense. Didn't really say it publicly. Clayton White saying it publicly. I mean, you, you sort of tend to believe it. So I, uh, that, that linebacker talk is what really caught my eye. 
or ear. Can you hear us, Mike? Can Mike hear us? Mike's frozen. No, he's not. He's there. I know, but he was. Yeah. He was Speak to us, Mike. Uh, I don't know. It is pretty, nope. pretty what strange stuff, whatever's on? happening there. I don't I know. Have no clue. Phil, it's not on this end. It doesn't look like it's on his end. It's somewhere in the ether. There is an issue. Yeah, that is pretty bizarre. I don't know. Yeah, Mike, I, I, Mike, Mike, well, uh, by the way, folks, Mike and I will be back at, in case this is it for him today. Uh, uh, for uh, right now, we'll, we'll be back at four o'clock Eastern with a special JC and Morgan uh, with uh, Bill King. Uh, Correct. Today, kind of a, a mini pod live, some afternoon content, if you will, with Bill King from Nashville. I did his show this morning too. It was really good. Mm. So, yeah, he. I'm sure it's heating up up there. The they've got uh, Tennessee and uh, Virginia in Nashville next week. Yeah, that's a that's sort of an interesting game in, in terms of uh, in terms of you know I do do I I don't think Virginia is going to win the football game. I want to see no. how accurate Joe Milton is, uh, what the Vols offense looks like in that department. Then I want to just see if Virginia can compete. Uh, I know they're not going to win. Can they compete? Can they make it competitive? Uh, last year's team was not all that good. I think they made things worse when they took that Tony Elliott and uh, those guys. Uh, just to be honest, they made that program worse, and you don't want that from your first year head coach. Kind of similar to Derek Mason at Vanderbilt. Um, you know, they they ran off their starting quarterback uh, because they weren't very good. Uh, now he's at NC State. Um, and then they had some unforeseen tragedy, which certainly um, I have a lot of empathy for, and there are my thoughts and prayers about that. But uh, you know that you want to see some competitiveness, I think, uh, out of them, some fight, something like that. I mean, you're the University of Virginia, so uh, we'll see what happens. But um, uh, you know, I and, and that's that's what I'm looking for in that one. That's uh, that's a high noon kickoff in Nashville. That's going to be. Probably a, a little bit scorching. It would be my opinion on that. That's going to be a that's going to be a hot one. Can you oh, hear me, guys? Yeah, hey, you are. Mike's okay, back. sorry about that. I'm awesome. I'm pretty confident that was on my end, so I'll I'll fall on the sword like a Jap- Japanese samurai. Um, by the way, since you were talking Vandy Hawaii, Hawaii was the team that played UCLA two years ago in Week Zero, and um, UCLA won it, but again, there was like nobody there. Um, but it got me to thinking. So, so when you play week zero, you get the extra bye week, right? So you Mm -hmm. can play week zero and then take a bye. And then, then your next game will be in week, uh, two, I guess. And then you still got another bye down the road. So there's, there's some advantages to it. So like, if you were, if you're at the, uh, scheduling office for Carolina and you got a chance to play a similar type opponent. Let's, let's stay with Hawaii. Let's stay with the rainbows and you play Hawaii in week zero, then maybe take a week off and then week one play either an SEC opponent or what have you. I mean, I wonder if the fans would be uh, open to that question. Is it a home and home with Hawaii? Yes, sir. (laughs) You can make it a home and home. That's what Vanderbilt did. This is a, this is a get back game. It's a return game. You know, Carolina played Hawaii once in 1981, <laughs> the year Clemson won the national championship. 
uh, sort of weird. That was a it was an after Clemson uh, December early December game. They lost pretty bad, thirty three thirteen. But uh, they they did have they have played out there. They did play that there in in um, eighty one. I, I don't SEC teams playing at Hawaii and hosting Hawaii. That, that that's interesting, but. Um, I don't know. Uh, it uh, it'd be fine with me uh, if that were to or happen. For that matter, you could you could play a legit opponent like th- this battle. Now, the, the the battle of the Carolinas, you're already getting what you want because it's the best game on the board mm-hmm. that day, that time slot by far. You're going to have a massive audience for that game. But let's just say week one was a little more cluttered. Um. What if you played North Carolina in week zero and you have you own this weekend? Nobody else is talking about any other game. You own you own it. It's a you know, it's a possibility. We always talk about how we can't wait for college football to get here. We're yeah. chomping at the bit. Well, I, play in week I'm, zero. I'm on, I, I, that's my contention. Give us a little something to nibble on besides garbage. You know, we're like yeah. raccoons out here. Trash pans. That's it. It's a it's a raccoon we, we meal. Have a, which, we we got this little chunk of ham bone and some fried chicken bones and rotten corn on the cob and a couple of uh, scoops of uh, nasty mashed potatoes with gelatinous gravy. Uh, we we have a uh, couple eggshells. Uh, anyway. Well, next, have y'all paid attention to next year's game in Ireland? No, it's uh, no. it's a good one, isn't it? It's, it's Florida, Florida State. State and Georgia Tech, but the game kicks off on August the twenty fourth. Ooh, that's early. I guess week one's the thirty first next year. The thirty first, yeah, yeah, yep. So literally three hundred sixty five days from today, Florida State and Georgia Tech will be playing. And if Georgia why would two Tech programs ever get relevant? Still, why, why would two programs with those, that type of history play over there? Why? Yeah. I mean, you don't need it. Neither of them need the publicity. I, I asked you all this question on Tuesday. Why? What's what is this doing? It's a, well, it's a cool experience. Notre but Dame's would, fine to go over there. Boston would, College. Would you not want to? I mean, let's 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 all. I mean, I know we'd all want to go there today. Who would not want to go to a a pub over there and drink a few pints? If if yeah, I was not yeah. to watch my college football team, I wouldn't. I'd rather no, be. No, uh, I was. I was thinking of it as a player. So uh, you you wouldn't go to Ireland if the Gamecocks were playing over there, or you would prefer not to? I'd prefer I'd prefer to go to Ireland when I want to go to Ireland for vacation, but not necessarily to go there and watch Carolina play football. What if you combine the two? I mean, that's I what most of these fans are doing. I mean, that's true. Flying in Friday and leaving Saturday after the game, they're they're making a vacation out of it. Right? Yeah, I I it's just like a bowl trip. I, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Is this taking away a home game? Do we know? Probably not for Notre Dame, but would it be for Georgia Tech or Florida State? Yeah, for those two. Yeah, or, or, See, Georgia Georgia that. Tech started farming some of their home games out to Mercedes Benz, though. So I don't know <laughs> what that would take the place of. But uh, for Notre Dame, I think they almost always play. They don't they play. always play Navy on a neutral field, but a lot of times they do. So. Uh, I think last year's Navy Notre Dame game was in Philadelphia or something. So, uh, so yeah, it's called the Notre Dame's neutral site games. It's called the Shamrock Series. That's what they call it, the Shamrock Series. But if it's a non-conference game, from the player perspective, 
it's like having it's like bookending your season with bowl games. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, this is what this is what we do in basketball all the time. I realize it's a different sport, different setup, but all these schools play in Maui, they play in Orlando, they play in the Bahamas in tournaments. Uh because it's fun for the kids. It's fun for the fans. Again, if you can afford to go, I realize not everybody can just drop down $1,100 on a ticket, another however much money on hotels. But we're getting to the point where it's so expensive to travel and go to college football games anyway. It's like the haves can and the have-nots watch it on TV. Right. Uh, but if you have the means or if you save up for it, I mean, that's a hell of a trip. I, I would do it. I mean – I've never been. I've been to Europe uh, multiple times. I've never been to Ireland or uh, something quite like that. So, I mean, for me, yeah, I would I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I would be now, interested what do we think to hear about, that. Like, well, I was going to say, what do you think about now? Let's expand it because, you know, like the NFL was doing this, and then now they're playing in Mexico City. They got a game in Germany this year. They're playing one or, what, three games in in. England, correct, or two, two or three this year. I would. So, would you want to see? Would you want to see college football like branch out? I think it's going the opposite direction, actually, Phil. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't like it like that. I wouldn't want to see, no. you know, like multiple international games to open the season. I like. Oh, I don't, think, no, I don't like, think we're getting there. I don't. You know, I, we're not no. playing. Like going, a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's going the, the opposite. It's going the opposite direction because, like, even Alabama, who. Alabama's played more of those season opening neutral site games than anybody. Their fans are like, all right, enough of this. Around That's the right. time they, they yeah, opened up their own ballpark. They opened with Duke and in, in Atlanta. They're like, why the hell do we have to go to Atlanta to play Duke? Yeah. You know, the kickoff um, classics are dying on the vine. Yeah. The people the that one, run the, those here in Atlanta, they they know that it's dying. The one in Atlanta will last a little longer than those. But I know I know with, with like Charlotte, they, I don't think they have they may have like a Tennessee, West Virginia coming up, uh, but it's mostly a group of five schools in, in the Duke's Mayo kickoff uh, after this year in Orlando. And I don't even know if this was the quote unquote Orlando neutral site kickoff or not. I mean, I, you know, uh, there's one in Vegas next year. I think LSU plays Southern Cal, but I, I think they're going to start becoming less. Whereas a few years back, man, we had them all over the place. You know, they were all over the these neutral site games. I, I think they're going to scale back uh, a bit with those because they should. The home and homes are what the fans love, uh, and you know when every year you're taking away a home game experience to to play in an NFL stadium, it, it loses its luster out of a while. Well, but also like on top of that, the fact that you're going to a a model where you're going to have super conferences with tons of teams and. This is my way of thinking about it, but I would imagine I'm not alone on this island. You know, I it is I enjoy going to experience the traditions of other ballparks and towns. I mean, Mike, you've been everywhere. You've seen it all as a broadcaster, but as a fan, you being able to go in on Friday, stay till Sunday, you know, whatever it is, watch the game, and you're going to have even more of those opportunities as these leagues get bigger. You know, and you you start sending these teams to keep sending them to Orlando, Charlotte, Atlanta, wherever it is. It just wears thin. That's right. I mean, I I think that has become stale. The other the the flip side of that would be like how many Gamecock fans want to go to Lexington, Kentucky for a seventh time, or 
how yeah. many of them get tired of going to Athens or get tired of going to oh absolutely that's that, well, there's that's, no that's why they made, they switched the schedule up to where yeah no doubt like run. the SEC right now there's no personality to it you have the exact same road games every other every other year every other year right now with the same road games except for you know now that's changing of course that's what I'm saying yeah but like so, what's I mean, what's been that's it's all going to be different when you move forward. especially if they go to a nine game conference schedule and you. You have the what would that be, JC? The three six model, right? So you'd have yeah. three perms and then six rotations. Yeah, yeah they, they they rotate six one year, six all and six off, six on six off. Wasn't that a karate? Yeah, wax, on? wax on, wax on, wax on, wax on. Wax on. Uh, wax on. <laughs> yeah, and so everybody's going to complain about who the three are now, like Saban was doing. Oh, you know? yeah. I kind of like the one seven. I think that's wild. Like you play seven one year and then a whole different seven the next. That's true. Uh, we need to hit our final timeout, though. When we return, Mike, I'm pretty sure I have an idea of who your number one and two Power Five leagues are, but curious to see where you have three, four, and five in the final year of what they will be going into this season. So, Mike Morgan's power rankings to wrap up Thursday here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, when we return. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs.
1255 final segment here on a working out the window beautiful Thursday afternoon. The power hour presented by I'll give you a clue. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Medicare. Uh, yes. It, well, it's not as warm today. I will say this last night, uh, my wife and I and our children and dogs sat outside for an hour and a half and I could not believe it from seven o'clock or from about six 30 till eight o'clock almost it was crisp it felt good mm-hmm. we it hadn't felt like that in three months or more around yeah here. we're getting some relief next week too the yeah. south the heat, the heat matter, index is 110 here today, guys. matter of fact well good someone else in the in i just walked outside it's like a hairdryer yeah. the human good I, you took it it followed me up the heat will follow yeah. you home. I will, I will say this uh, real quick here. Let me squeeze this in, Mike. And uh, next, as of now, and it changes. We know that. But as of now, the weather forecast Saturday, September the 2nd in Charlotte, a high of only 84 degrees. Oh, that's Ooh, yeah. A, a low, uh, a, basically a 10% chance of rain. The low Friday night into Saturday morning of 58 and a low Saturday night into Sunday morning of 61. Yeah. So that would Turn be the corner. That would be make me happy. There we go. I Not wonder bad. if Brian Spencer is headed to Charlotte. Is he going? Do you know? I don't know if he's going to be there. I do know he's going to be at Seawell's uh, with, with the one and only Hale McGranahan, right? On Friday, JC. Got a little event there. So uh, if you want to torment, ridicule, uh, but also solicit, uh, you can say hello to Brian Spencer. You can see his picture on the uh, upper left-hand corner of the screen. You can go to the website, palmetto-medicare.com. You can also give him a phone call at that number, 803-960-9484. Even if it's just to handle any questions uh, about enrollment and what is the best plan for you, it's he doesn't charge anything for the phone call, uh, and it could very well wind up saving you uh, or earning you more money, I should say. So it's a it's a win win in every way, shape, and form. He's been doing it since two thousand five, uh, and overall, as much as we kid, a super guy. So if you do see him at Seawells Friday, come by, say hello. Again, that's Brian Spencer, Palmetto Medicare, Palmetto Medicare dot com eight zero three nine six zero ninety four eighty four. Make sure that you are getting as much of your costs covered by Medicare. Discuss the best plan for you or a family member or anybody that you might know. It's a phone call that could be extremely important and beneficial. He is uh, one of the best. There's no doubt about that. We are thankful for for what he does with us and what he does for those 65 and older in the state of South Carolina, which, uh, speaking of which, Buddy Pugh, has announced he will retire at the end of the 2023 season. Oh, man. How old is Buddy? Got to be older than 65, so he'll probably be calling Brian here before long. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy, call Brian Spencer immediately. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are the, yeah one I, of the great guys out super there. Super guy. I mean, I remember Buddy when he was the, the running backs coach at, at Carolina. I've had him on my show multiple times, and uh, obviously has done some really good things at at South Carolina State during his time there. Remember, he beat Dion in the postseason at Jackson State. Like a drum. Yeah, because I think Dion uh, was I watched that whole game. I watched that entire game. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, buddy, like, uh, 69, it looks like. Okay. 69. Yeah, so, yeah, he's like an institution over there. Yeah, he is. That's a, you wonder, um, you wonder about the future of Sacramento State's football program there in Orangeburg. They they need help, man. They need money. They need support. They need help. But uh, that's they ain't got most a lot of the of MEAC, honestly. Yeah, it's it's I mean, struggling. It's struggling. It's just it's just tough. You don't have again. You don't have the TV money. Now, they yeah. get some exposure. Um, yeah, the the, the MEAC SWAC will have like a game of the week, which is huge for them. Um, but obviously, they're not dealing with the same dollars. Uh, the programs that we usually are not, talking about. Not even close. Mike, By the way, Reese, I'm just going to say Reese Havens, 08. They needed that home run to get to Hoover. That's why the call was what it was. It was also the last game ever at Sarge Fry Field. It sure was. The It was It was a day to remember. That's for sure. And a yeah. night to remember. Turned into an early morning. It was, it was a wonderful time. Yeah, I bet it was. Um, all right, Mike, before we get out of here, I'm sure you have the SEC at one and the Big Ten at two, uh, ranking your Power Five conferences. Who do you have at three, yeah. four, and five? Yeah, we, we touched on this on uh, JC and Morgan. They had uh, – we read Barrett Salee's uh, rankings, and I'm going to agree with him on third, and it'll be a little bit of a surprise to some. I'm going with the pack, the current yeah. pack, the current right. before it gets completely dismantled. 23, you, yeah. You will not find better top-to-bottom quarterback play this year than what you're going to have in that conference, especially when Cam Rising is healthy, which he still is listed as questionable for the game against Florida in Week 1. They've got the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Cale Williams. Michael Penix could be a first-round draft pick at Washington. I mean, they got quarterbacks all over the place. So I'll go with the pack third, and then I'll go with the ACC fourth and the Big 12 fifth. Because I, I, I do believe Clemson and Florida State could both have big years. I don't know if I see two teams in the Big Twelve having big years. I see one emerging, and then I see a few that have good years, but maybe not memorable years. But you're you're splitting hairs with those two, honestly. Like you can, you could go, you could sway either way. Top to bottom, you think the the. ACC is better than the Big 12. Well, I mean, again, I, I'm going with the two at the top are better than the two at the top of the ACC. So uh, of, the, you, of the Big 12. Of the Big 12. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Two at the top of the ACC. Yeah, yeah. Right. So if you want to make the argument that like the bottom five of the Big 12 is better than the bottom five of the ACC, I'll grant you that. But I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know if that really matters to a lot of people. I just think, I think Florida State, Clemson. Who's the um, war? ACC, Boston College, Miami. Syracuse is going to be. Let me ask this differently. This is not fair. Who's the perceived worst team entering the twenty twenty three season? Yeah, I don't know. Georgia Tech. They're not far from it. What about Virginia Tech? What about about Virginia? Virginia Virginia might be Virginia. Yeah, that's a good point. Is, is well, rough. if they are, then Tennessee is going to embarrass them in Nashville. They probably are going to embarrass them. Uh, in Nashville. I'm pretty confident that will happen. Having seen yeah. Virginia up close last year, uh, that was a mess. That was an yeah. absolute mess. And then they had the horrific tragedy, of course. Um, and then Tony Elliott is still trying to, you know, get everything his ducks in a row because that yeah. was not what they signed up for last year. Well, he made him worse. They made him worse. Yeah, I, That's I, I very did. rare. So 
Well, and then they and, and then like, Armstrong like was so unhappy he left, and that was their best player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Tony too. I just don't. We don't. Who knows if it's going to work out? JC and Morgan I'm not gonna ju- coming up. I'm going to judge. On, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. No, I, I I'm sorry. Three thirty actually. Three thirty. Three thirty. Oh, good. Yeah. Three thirty Eastern. Coming up. Three thirty. Three thirty Eastern. Three thirty is good. CBS show of the week. And at the end, Jamie's mic went dead. Can you hear me? Oh, it's it's the music. We're all back now. It's not me, it. I promise. Right. No. Uh, so so three thirty. Are we going to hear? We should. That would be awesome. And then I'd love to know the story behind how that music came about. Uh, there was a piece on that. Isn't that John? There was it's a not piece like on that. Tesh. Tesh. John's not- done a lot of stuff, but I don't think Tesh did that one. <laughs> He did the he did the old NBA one on NBC. Yeah, That's all right. Good point, Mike. Sorry, guys. As always, uh, enjoy the guys. Best Power Hour with Mike Morgan, presented by Palmetto Medicare. Thanks to Mike and thanks to Perry Orth for joining us at the top of the program. Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. And always. Live from the Sinorama Studios. Michael Flint tomorrow, our final Friday without Gamecock football. How about that, boys and girls? Download the Chief Sports app, and we'll see you tomorrow at 11. JC and Morgan today in a special with Bill King at 3.30, also on the app. We'll see you later. See you guys.